the 200 level, episode 204, Chet Airliner. Steve Miller Band fans, you might approve. Chester Frazier, the new Alani assistant coach. And this about, what, five minutes after we found out officially that Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman are both at Kentucky. This was the least surprising news ever when that broke today and Kentucky made it official. Two coaches that their names are being thrown around for, what, a week and a half, two weeks now? That saga is over, and kudos to Illinois, and I know that Jeremy had tweeted this out as well, that the timing of Jeff Goodman's tweet that Illinois had gotten Chester Frazier, that seems, I don't know, on purpose, intentional. And if so, kudos to Brad Underwood for immediately changing the narrative back to, well, we got our own guy. Now, we're going to touch on a lot of things today, including what I think is an overall pretty good hire with Chester Frazier, someone that has accomplished a lot, and he's only 35 years old. He's a year older than I am, I believe. Accomplished a lot in his young coaching career. He has the Illinois connection. We know he's going to be a hard worker. That goes without saying. And has some East Coast uh, connections and might open up, I don't know if pipeline's the right word, but opens up at least some new avenues for Illinois in terms of recruiting. So there is, of course, some questions. Will he be able to recruit to the level of even a Chin Coleman? I don't know. We'll wait and see. But keep in mind, Chin Coleman, when he was hired by Illinois, did not have the longest or most impressive resume. I think a lot of us were actually sort of shrugging our shoulders and saying, Chin Coleman, okay, sure, whatever. Orlando Antigua seemed to be the big hire, and that is the big fish that you're losing here, much more so than Chin Coleman losing Antigua. That is a rare kind of recruiter, and there's a reason why Kentucky wanted him back. So we got good news, we got bad news. You know, I'm going to try to touch on something involving Chin Coleman, and then also a little bit later, Adam Miller, that I want to... I want to preface by saying these guys have a right to do what they think is best for them. That goes without saying. Professionally, personally, they're going to make a decision what they think is in their best interest. But there's something that doesn't sit right with me about Chin Coleman, specifically, and Adam Miller. Orlando Antigua, less so. That that makes total sense, and there's the, the past history and all that. But there's a few things with the last week, week and a half this continued attrition from this Illinois basketball program that just doesn't sit right with me. And we'll talk about that, and I may put my foot in my mouth, but what the hell? (laughs) Not like I can get fired or anything. I'm down here in the new studio. And and by the way, thank you for your patience. It's been, I think, nine days since the last podcast, and I mentioned that we try to do a couple podcasts per week, and that clearly have not held to that in the last nine, ten days. But now that I got the new studio set up in the basement, it is wired and equipped and ready to go and it's just a much nicer nook and more consistent place for me to record and to be honest as we get into these summer months sometimes the podcasts are going to be contingent on if there is news to talk about and whether or not i'm going to concerts which yes concerts are coming back again my mind has been so much more focused on the things i'm going to do this summer instead of illinois sports and if i can be honest with you it's been a nice respite it's been a very nice respite the last Oh, gosh, two months ago, I think we won at Ohio State. March 6th, March 8th, something like that. Two months ago. So think about that. It feels like a lifetime ago that Illinois basketball was on top of the world, and a lot of things had changed. And if I'm being honest with you, while I'm still overall optimistic about Illinois basketball, and I'm certainly optimistic about what's going on with the football program, we got to talk about Isaiah Williams, Marquez Beeson, some other stuff with football. Yeah, overall, I'm feeling good, but there's no doubt this is a far cry from how I felt two months ago. 
So I needed a bit of a respite, I think, in order to come on here and, and do a podcast worth a damn, because the last nine days, there'd be these moments where I think, well, maybe I can hook up the microphone and start recording and just see what comes out. But I didn't really have an inspiration to do so, and I didn't, I didn't feel that charge. But I got to say, Chester Frazier getting hired as an assistant coach, maybe it's not a home run hire, but there's some sort of good vibe that that brings with it, that that news brings with it, that I kind of needed. A bit of a shot of adrenaline, a bit of, okay, we had our guy and we'll, we'll probably get another guy here quickly as well. And that maybe, just maybe Brad Underwood knows what he's doing. So lots to cover today. Thank you for your patience in getting this next podcast out. It's been a while. Good to be back though. And it's also good to remind you that the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe. Online at dpdo.com for all the best deals and prices. Order online at dpdo.com and use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones and $6 premium and construction zones at dpdo.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. The warm temperatures are basically here. I know there's a few hiccups in the forecast now and then, but summertime means t shirt weather. Great t shirt selection at fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200 level for 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. Also got to thank Rector Construction, R-E-C-T-O-R Construction.com. Everything from a new roof to a crawl space inspection and everything in between. Check them out online at rectorconstruction.com. And finally, Brian Hansen, your State Farm agent, Brian Hansen, online at brianismyguy.com. Everything from life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. They got all your insurance needs covered, brianismyguy.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level, episode 204 of the 200 level. And yeah, the frequency has gone down and we are in the off season. And this has been a tumultuous couple of weeks and one in which a lot of Alani fans, understandably, have freaked out about where this basketball program is going. I will start with a quick negative and then try to move on from it as quick as I can. I don't think these things happen if you beat... Loyola. I don't. And that may be oversimplifying things, but I think if you beat Loyola, we know what would have happened next, given the matchups that you would have had. It would have been Oregon State, Houston. Yeah, if you if you beat Loyola, you're probably making a run. And that leads me to think that if you make a run, Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman would be less likely to leave. So if you want to start pointing the finger at yourselves as a basketball program, you can do so. There's no doubt that the Loyola loss was, I don't want to say crippling because maybe not, but it was a bad, bad loss. It is the worst postseason loss I've seen as an Illini fan. It still stings, and we're seeing ramifications from it. If you go on to make a deep run, I got to think whether it be the coaching staff remaining intact or players like a Kofi, for example, that much more likely to come back, or an Adam Miller deciding that, well, maybe Illinois is a better fit than LS freaking you. All those things are much more likely if you beat Loyola. And not only did you not, you looked really bad doing it. And I think it was a shock to the system for a lot of us. And maybe for a Chin Coleman and Orlando Antigua, it made them more receptive to the idea of going somewhere else. Now, I will also say, though, it is Kentucky. And even if Illinois makes the run, it is still Kentucky. As a Yankees fan, I can attest to this a little bit. There are times where I see the Tampa Bay Rays having success, and I'm like, who the hell do they think they are? We're the Yankees. We're the blue blood, the, the evil empire of Major League Baseball. And if you were a Major League Baseball coach, even at a rival like the Rays 
or maybe to a lesser extent, the Red Sox. And the Yankees came calling and said, we want to bring you into the New York Yankee organization. You're probably listening. And I'm not saying that from some you know, conceited or arrogant point of view, but there are certain brands and franchises, and in this case, universities and colleges that have that name recognition and that cachet that others don't. And as much as I love Illinois basketball, it is not Kentucky. I went camping a couple weekends ago with a friend of mine who is in Louisville and hates Kentucky. But as we were talking, he said, you know, all these Illini fans acting the way they are on Twitter, they understand that this is still Kentucky basketball and you're Illinois, right? And he's an Illinois fan as well. And I was thinking the same thing from the outset, that this idea that Orlando Antigua jumping ship to go back to Coach Cal, that didn't bother me at my core from the start. There's not any part of that that actually bothers me. The pre-existing relationship that they had, that makes more sense. The fact that Orlando Antigua is a, an elite recruiter and had his biggest success while at Kentucky. All of that points to him going back after he sort of had a, let's say, reclamation project of his image here at Illinois. After a failed head coaching stint, he comes here, he gets that mojo working again, and now he's going back home. That all makes sense. But Shin Coleman, I don't know the guy. He's probably a nice enough guy. He did some good things here. He was absolutely essential in the I.O. recruitment from everything that we've uh, heard reported. And uh, I don't get that. Or I should say I get it less than I do the Orlando Antigua thing. Yes, it is Kentucky. If they come calling, you're going to listen. Yes, you may have a great relationship with Orlando Antigua, and I get that as well. Maybe you don't like the other guy on the assistant staff, and there's all these little whispers around message boards and things saying that, well, maybe there was some internal conflict going on with the assistants, Gentry, Coleman, Antigua. And that may all, may all be true, but there's something that doesn't sit right with me about Chin Coleman making this decision to follow his buddy to Kentucky. And equally puzzling is the fact that Kentucky, as, as good as Chin Coleman is, right? Maybe I wasn't giving him enough credit, but he doesn't shout to me elite recruiter. He doesn't seem to me someone that Kentucky needs if they're getting Orlando Antigua. It's an odd package deal and something we don't see a lot in college basketball, even with all the shenanigans in college basketball. And it just feels like, okay, if you're Chin Coleman, I get it from a personal and professional standpoint. It's not like this isn't without merit, what he's doing. But it doesn't sit right with me, the fact that <sighs> jumping ship, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's an accurate way to put it, but the fact that you are kind of not forging your own path, but you know, riding the coattails of your buddy. I don't know. You see, I knew that this would be tough to verbalize why the Chin Coleman thing bothers me as much as it does. Bothers me to the point where it's like, eh, just get the hell out of here. <laughs> like, go follow your friend and go to Kentucky and thanks for everything, whatever, adios, right? But that's kind of how I feel about Chin. Adios, see you later, whatever. And this leads to one final point about Orlando, Antigua, and Shin Coleman leaving. I think as a fan base, sometimes we feel like we need to bend over backwards to be classy. You know, we need to make sure that we act better than other fan bases. It's sports. We don't need to be classy all the time. We can say sayonara, don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. That's fine. We don't need to 
continually heap praise. Thank you so much for the four years and everything you did for Illinois. Can we keep in mind the fact that, no, you didn't win every recruiting battle, that the recruiting class that you have coming in, thanks to the help of Antigua and Shin Coleman, is merely fine, but not great. Not to the level that you think a Kentucky would want. This is not me rationalizing it, I don't think. I don't think I'm trying to talk myself into, oh, it's fine that you're losing two-thirds of your assistant staff. It is unprecedented, and it's a bit scary. But these guys were not bringing in top 10 class after top 10 class. What they did do was bring in an Io DeSumo and a Kofi Coburn. That is absolutely true, and those guys don't grow on trees. I wish they did, but they don't. That was good evaluation and good recruiting and great development. So yeah, there are reasons to be genuinely concerned that you are losing in Orlando, Antigua, and Shin Coleman. But for all the success that you had the last two years, recruiting, yes, Andre Corbello, Adam Miller, that was huge. But this most recent class leaves me wondering, okay, are we really losing the most elite of elite recruiters? Can this program withstand losing two guys that brought in a class that's in the top half of the Big Ten and has three top 150 guys? at least one or two of which I think will make a big impact for this program going forward. Can they withstand that? I think they can. Now, can the new guys get an Io DeSumo level player or a Kofi Coburn kind of player, or can they develop them to the degree that we saw Io and Kofi develop? That's the next question, right? And that's why the hiring of Chester Frazier actually makes me feel pretty good. Now, we'll start with the thing that gives me the warm and fuzzies, and I think a lot of Illini fans as well. And I'm not going to pretend to have been the biggest Chester Frazier fan while he was here. I appreciated how hard he played every single game. I appreciated how good he became as a senior, especially, because offensively, he was kind of a black hole his freshman and sophomore year as a shooter. And then his junior and senior year really picked it up. And when he got hurt his senior year before the NCAA tournament, That was big, and I think we all kind of understood going into that Western Kentucky game that that was not just losing Joe Schmo. Like, you you lost a very good player at that point, and he was by the time he was done here. He was a good player. And it's also easy to tie him into the Bruce Weber era and the fact that you weren't able to capitalize on all the success that you had in 05. And, you know, it's kind of unfair to a guy like Chester because he did what he could. It wasn't his fault that he wasn't a D Brown or a Darren Williams type talent, but he did maximize what he could do here. So there is the Illini connection that gives you the warm and fuzzies. And I like the idea of finally bringing back an Illini guy. When was the last Illini connection we had as an assistant? I, I, I genuinely don't know unless I'm forgetting something obvious here. So that's one. Keep in mind, Chester Frazier has been doing this at the high major level for 10 years, Kansas state for seven, Virginia Tech for two. And I don't like Bruce Weber all that much as a coach anymore, but I won't go so far as to say he's a bad coach. I'm sure that Chester learned a lot of valuable things from him. And same with Virginia Tech. That was a good situation, but a little more tenuous than maybe it was two years ago. So it makes sense, even when you take the Illinois thing out of it, the Illinois connection, that Chester would be interested to come back to the Big Ten for a coach that presumably is going to be here for a long time. So all of that makes sense. And what I love about the way these announcements came out today is that you get the official Kentucky tweet about Orlando Antigua and Shin Coleman, something we were all expecting. But even when you see it, there's still that bit of, ugh, this just kind of sucks, right? Even with all the things I said five minutes ago, it still sucks to see, oh, wait, I I remember those guys. Oh, right, they decided to leave 
after you got a one seed and won the Big Ten Tournament Championship and all that. No, they decided to jump ship. Ah, screw those guys. And then five minutes later, Jeff Goodman has the report that Illinois has Chester Frazier on their assistant staff. Now, what I also love about that is that Brad Underwood had this very nice, short statement thanking Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman and thanks for their friendship and all they've done for this program. And then, boom, five minutes later, Chester Frazier changing the narrative. That's pretty cool. Because for national riders, of course, they're going to look at Kentucky adding two Illinois guys and say, that's unprecedented. There's that word again. But it is unprecedented. But then also, oh, wow, a, a former Illini guy who's been an assistant coach for 10 years at other places is going back home. So you get your own headline today. And you don't appear to be this program that is losing all momentum, that all of a sudden isn't the cool place to be anymore. That is not just fortuitous timing. That seems pretty deliberate to me to leak that information out to a Jeff Goodman about five minutes after (laughs) Kentucky news break. So, hey, from a PR perspective, well done. And even from a fan's perspective, I think that I mentioned the warm and fuzzies, this idea of kind of having a blankie to make you feel, okay, we're fine, everything's going to be okay. And that news helped alleviate some concerns. The Chester Frazier thing, oddly enough, the last podcast I did nine days ago, I don't think I mentioned him. I mentioned Roger Powell, and that to me would still be a home run hire. I don't know how feasible it is because he is pretty high up there with Gonzaga. I still think the price is right. You'd be able to lure him away, but I, I get that he's got things rolling out there. I know Menenga is a name that's been thrown around. He's at Oregon, has a connection to Rantoul, good recruiter, has the Canadian connection for Oregon as well. And there's going to be other names that come about, including some Chicago connections, and that makes a lot of sense. Jamal Walker, I know, is a name that is starting to heat up a bit, and I wouldn't mind that either when you consider the fact that Jamal Walker was a pretty decent recruiter here. He was the guy that you were thinking of retaining, but that was a bit of a weird transition where... You know, he alone would not have been able to keep the Jeremiah Tillman thing going. And I don't know, it felt like just bad timing and something that if you wanted to bring Jamal Walker back, I don't think anything would preclude you from doing so. So there are options out there, right? And I would have to think that within the next week, they'll get that second guy. Now, there's, of course, the rumors and the smoke about Gentry. Maybe wanting to go back to Gonzaga. And, you know, I say this in painting with a broad brush and saying rumors and smoke. I mean, you go to any line I message board, it's out there. So this is not exactly premium content. Uh, this is, you know, everywhere and everywhere right now. And this kind of news is going to percolate through every single channel. And no one really knows how valid that is because Gentry and Underwood seem to have a great relationship. And there's no doubt from an encore perspective, you have been much, much better since Gentry got here two years ago. That would be a big loss. And in thinking, if you would have asked me after this season, which assistant could you least afford to lose? I probably would have still said Antigua because of the recruiting, but Gentry would probably be 1B. That is something we'll wait and see. But even if you lose Gentry, I did this last podcast and I'll do it once more in trying to find a silver lining here. I'm not going to sit here and tell you not to be concerned because there are reasons to be genuinely concerned if you lose all three assistants after you get a one seed and you win the Big Ten Tournament Championship and you think you got things rolling, doesn't matter, they all leave. Yes, that is something to be concerned about. Is there something amiss within the program? Is there something that Brad Underwood has in his personality that is sort of pushing these guys away, right? Yeah, reasons to be like, what the hell is going on here? But in my 34 years, 
I don't want to discredit the contributions of assistant coaches. And I don't want to say that they were a dime a dozen. But Brad Underwood is the same guy that assembled this coaching staff. And I had to think he has the ability to assemble another coaching staff. I'm not guaranteeing it's going to happen. But I do think we can go off past history, which would suggest that he can quickly identify guys that he can work with, bring them in, and keep the thing rolling. When it comes to players, I hope there's not much attrition from this point forward. I know that Brandon Podzimski, that was a Chin Coleman recruit, and people are concerned about that, understandably so. We'll wait and see, right? Luke Goody, probably fine. I think RJ Melendez had kind of reaffirmed his commitment on Instagram. There's, of course, the concern about like an Andre Corbello, because I think that was an Antigua recruit with a Puerto Rican connection. I'll be honest with you. If if Andre Corbello were to leave, it is DEFCON 1. It is totally time to freak out, though I don't envision that happening. He seems to relish being the guy, and he's going to be the guy next year, even with Trent back and with DeMonte back. It is Andre Corbello's team, and he immediately raises that floor to where you are a top half of the Big Ten team as long as he's on the court for you. So that would be the only guy that if he leaves, I am totally freaked out. Or Omar Payne, we'll wait and see on that. Clearly wanted to come here and play under Antigua. Not like he can go to Kentucky. Looks like they're pretty much full. They got C.J. Frederick from Iowa, and it looks like they're going to get Ty Ty Washington as well. Of course they are. They are Kentucky. Let's remember that. They're going to get these stud players more often than we are. But that will be the next question. Are you going to have any attrition, including this recruiting class, which overall is good. It is a recruiting class that is still top half of the Big Ten and three top 150 guys, according to 24-7 Sports. And I don't want to lose any of them. And the other you know, kind of exciting thing with this now is that with these two assistant spots, or I should say one that's open, then even two if Gentry were to leave, there are package deal things out there. There are assistants that if they come in, there is some guy that they might bring with them. Now, one obvious example of this, and I I don't think this is likely, but Trey Mitchell is the kid from UMass. Really good big. That would be, I think, three years of eligibility, at least two, would be a huge addition. And that would, even without Kofi, elevate you to a top 20 team with some top 15 potential. And there's all this smoke about his stepdad is wanting an assistant position somewhere. And okay, would you ever get down into the weeds sort of like Missouri did with Michael Porter Jr.'s dad and bring in the stepdad to bring in Trey Mitchell? I'm just going to lay this out there for the record. I would do it in a heartbeat. This, This is how the game is played. And if you got assistant spots open, and you bring in a guy that can guarantee you that good of a player and maybe go out there and do some other recruiting for you as well, whatever. I mean, I know that's kind of dancing with the devil and it's a little bit risky and it's maybe not a precedent that you want to set, but I don't care. I want to win. You know, Lon and I often talked about this back in 93.5. And this is where a guy like Antigua, there's always this sort of, (laughs) you see people throwing around terms like, oh, he must be the bag man. The bag man in college basketball is the one that delivers the money. Kind of like in Blue Chips, the Nick Nolte movie. And there's nothing to verify that, but we know that college basketball, especially high-level college basketball, it is not clean as a whistle. You got to play the game. And I think that Illinois has figured out some way to play the game, right? Otherwise, you probably aren't getting a Kofi or an Io. They're playing the game like big boy programs do. 
And I'm not saying that that is literally delivering a bag of money to guys, right? But as Lon and I so often talked about, I don't care if they cheat. I really don't. I don't watch these games to feel morally superior or like, oh, my program's doing the right thing. I'm watching these games hoping they win. If you would have told me during any stretch of the 0405 season that we had paid money to any of those guys on the court, it would not have lessened my enjoyment one bit. I watch it for the games. I watch it to win. That's it. And this year, same thing. If you told me that anyone on that team was given improper benefits or something like that, it would not have decreased my enjoyment one bit. And I'm not going to try to rationalize this by saying, well, if this school can do it and this school can do it, then it's okay for us. I understand that there are some moral issues with it. But I frankly don't care. I mean, it's college basketball, and we know what has to be done sometimes to get elite talent. And if we got to get in the weeds a little bit, what that tells me is that we are willing to do what it takes to win and compete with the big boys. If you want to win national titles, that's what you got to do. And no one's getting hurt, right? And we all understand, especially at this point, that college athletes should be able to make money. Especially in the revenue sports, they should be able to make money. Now, one thing that may alleviate this is the image and likeness thing, where players will finally be able to profit on their own image and likeness. You know Andre Corbello, he's going to make a killing locally doing that. Kofi, if he were to come back, that is one enticement. Yes, he can go make money in the pros, but I guarantee you he can make hundreds of thousands of dollars in merchandise next year, maybe even millions. We know how crazy Illini fans are. You know how many Kofi Coburn jerseys with his name on the back would fly off the shelves? Fourth and Kirby puts a Kofi Coburn shirt out. You're buying it. I am. And that money can go back to Kofi, as it should be, right? So that might actually clean up the game a little bit. But for the time being, the way that it's set up, if you want to get some of those guys, you got to do certain things, right? So the, the term bag man is oddly something I had not been familiar with until the last few weeks. And go out and get your bag man, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I understand that this is maybe not a conversation to always be having out loud. Because if you do get caught, and if you aren't a Duke or a North Carolina or a Kansas, or maybe even Arizona, though their program is certainly feeling it, yeah, there's always that risk. But then you can look at an LSU, where you literally have Will Wade on tape talking about paying players, and then he gets an Adam Miller. And then I'm supposed to respect Adam Miller's decision. I wanted to talk about this, Adam Miller. LSU, you could do worse than that. They're an okay basketball program. Will Wade has his own thing going down there, if you want to call it that. And I just got done saying the cheating doesn't really bother me. But you know, to Will Wade's credit, he does it so brazenly. And he's literally on tape doing it, and he got a slap on the wrist, and he's still their coach. So if you want to know how there really is no accountability for cheating in college basketball, there is proof positive right there at LSU. So we get this kid from Peoria, Illinois, Ace Wolf, branded himself, big announcement, going to Illinois, drug that recruitment on for far too long because he wouldn't sign. I'm 100% committed, but I'm not going to sign. So that's maybe indicator number one that Adam Miller has some other stuff going on right? That he's not fully on board. He's putting one toe in the water and eh, I can always step out of it. Listen, that's fine. He wanted to wait and see if I was going to come back, what his role would be on the team. Well, he starts every single game, his freshman year at the University of Illinois, averages almost nine points a game, has some up and downs on the offensive side of the ball, but really develops nicely and would have been primed to be the 1A, 1B with Andre Curbelo next year and into the future, right here at Illinois in his home state. 
an hour and a half away from Peoria. And then he decides to put his name in the transfer portal, somewhat haphazardly, because even after that, he was still apparently entertaining the idea of coming back to Illinois. And then he narrows it down and goes to LSU, which is the most anticlimactic announcement that I could think of for a guy that was a Mr. Basketball in the state of Illinois that was the next potential star and face of the program here, even with an Andre Curbelo. Illinois fans love Illinois guys. And we have a long history, especially from Peoria, of absolutely idolizing these guys, turning them into legends. And he goes to LSU, where they won't give a damn about it. They don't even care about basketball at LSU. Even with the success that Will Wade has had, they don't really care. I think they get more people at their baseball games than they do basketball. So no, 19 years old or not, I don't respect the decision. I don't respect the process. And I don't respect the fact that this kid about a week ago puts out a tweet essentially saying, you know, uh, now I'm the villain. And I'm paraphrasing here. There was a tweet of him walking around Chicago, fashion shots and everything, and basically alluding the fact that now that I'm leaving Illinois, maybe I'm the villain, but I'll show them. No one made you the villain, Adam. The self-mythologizing crap that some of these kids do is aggravating. I would tell my own sixth graders, you start that crap, check yourself. A little bit of humility. As good as this kid is, Adam Miller, and as much as I wanted him to continue playing at Illinois, and as much as I'm going to say, yes, you can make your decision, that doesn't mean that I can't question the validity or the credibility of his decision-making process. And ending up at LSU of all places, it's just, if I can be honest, stupid. Can I call it that? It's a stupid move. He'll go down there, probably average 13, 14 points a game, fill it up a little bit, probably not an NBA player and probably wouldn't have been an NBA player here. He'll go off and play the pros for a while. He's going to make a living playing basketball. He is that good, whether it's in Europe or someplace else. But he could have been a legend here. And this, of course, is going to sound to some like selfish Alani fan. It's this kid's decision. Again, I grant that it is his decision, and he should have the right to do that, to go anywhere he wants to. And that goes for any athlete. You want to pack your bags and go, go. You only got one life to live. And he thought, apparently, that this was in his best interest. But it's just lame. I'm sorry. And if, if that's lacking some reason and you know logic behind that argument, I get it. I just think it's a lame move. It is so anticlimactic. LSU? Baton Rouge? Your family can't even see you play down there. Unless, they, unless your mom moves down there, I guess. But like, it's 10, 11 hours away. Could have been a legend here. It's just stupid. It's really stupid because this is where the selfish Illini fans coming in a little bit. I was looking forward to seeing his growth and his legend grow at Illinois. And I think it would have been. I love the idea that Illinois can go from one face of the program to the next, that you have these continual threads on the team. Even as there's transitions from this class to the next, you continually have one or two guys that you can latch on to and say, these are our guys. And him and Andre Curbelo, that was it. Ace and Bello, we even gave it a name. And then he just packs up his bags a year after starting every freaking game and says, I'm going to go play for LSU. It's stupid. It's really stupid. I'd made a tweet a couple days ago that between that and the Chin Coleman thing, I'm okay to take a break from last year's team. And I already kind of have been. I needed a respite from Illinois sports, specifically this Illinois basketball team with how much they disappointed all of us in the Loyola game. 
and how we went from the highest of highs for about a three, four week stretch to just, huh, that's it. And then down to the pits of, oh my God, who's going to be on the team next year? So yeah, I need a little bit of a break because I can't do, and this is not just an Adam Miller problem. Alan Griffin decides he's going to put his name in the NBA draft. Alan Griffin, who played, I think, a combined eight minutes in their last three games. And then he gets a video that he posts out about it. And he get all these things from Tipton Edits and all this stuff on Twitter, all these different images and all these announcements. I've narrowed down my list of schools to eight and all that. While I'm okay with people having their moment, it is a little bit exhausting to see these 18, 19-year-olds continue to continually self-mythologizing and turn themselves into legends before they actually do a damn thing. Alan Griffin has not done much to warrant even mentioning the NBA with his name next to it. It's stupid. Why? Okay, he's going to the NBA draft. I'm going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. How's that? Yes, I know Decadence has sold like probably less than 500 records combined, but I, I'm just going to enter my name into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We'll, we'll see what happens. You can't just do that, but apparently you can. <laughs> I, apparently, I could probably enter the NBA draft tomorrow, and I'd have just as good a chance of making it as Alan freaking Griffin. That guy was one of my favorites, too. But it's just, who, who is advising? Who are, ex- excuse me, I'm an English teacher. Who are the people advising <laughs> these kids? And I say kids because from 18 to 22, God knows that I was making decisions that I scratch my head at now. Huh? Why did I do that? And his dad is an NBA coach. Who is advising him? Who was advising Adam Miller? Don't just tell me that it's, yes, of course, I'm saying it is their right to make these decisions. It absolutely is. But not every decision is created equal. And you could say, well, hey, you aren't the one making the decision. You aren't in their shoes. How, how dare you say that? Yes, this isn't, it's a podcast. It's an opinion. I think it's pretty stupid. <laughs> and it's not my most um, well-thought-out argument, perhaps. But it's just annoying. So the last week to be able to concentrate on getting concert tickets, I'm seeing Dave Matthews Band and my morning jacket, and I'm going here, there, and everywhere. Music festivals, summer is coming. I got bigger fish to fry than freaking Alan Griffin entering the NBA draft or Adam Miller going to LSU or Chen Coleman deciding I got to go with my buddy to Kentucky instead of just getting a raise at Illinois and continuing the job that I started. Barf. Ugh. So yes. A nice break from sports. Though clearly, that had to be a little bit of moment catharsis for me because I had a lot of pent-up energy about that. I think I'm spent on basketball today. The good news, Chester Frazier is here. And we're going to have more to come when it comes to this. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how they round out this staff. I am. And there is a way that they can round it out where I think we don't feel that much worse for wear. Football, real quick. Brett Bielema continuing to put his stamp on the program. I am just so optimistic about things. And I think even the crustiest of Illini fans, when they hired Bielema and had questions about the way that the Arkansas thing went, I think for the most part, this has been an A-plus since Bielema's gotten here. That's including the fact that while the recruits that he's gotten so far may not be four or five-star level kids, there's this excitement in knowing that he probably knows what he's doing. And that was why I was so encouraged back in December when they brought in Brett Bielema, thinking this guy's done it long enough. And the Arkansas thing, if anything, is going to be fuel to the fire for him to really kick ass at Illinois. He has a chip on his shoulder. He's got something to prove. And he's older. And hopefully he's learned those lessons at Wisconsin and Arkansas. 
That'll translate here. When we just want a good football program, I don't need great. I just need good. Give me a reason to wake up on college football Saturdays and be interested. That's it. That's my baseline. And we'll cross that, you know, eight, nine wins a season bridge if we need to. But for now, just give me competent. And we're going to get competent. I'm pretty sure of that. I, I, I try not to make too many guarantees. And keep in mind, I was the one that said, Illinois win the national title this year. I can feel it. Whoops. Mark Smith is the next D Brown. Whoops. Yeah, I get it wrong sometimes. But those were lofty, kind of silly fodder that you say into a microphone that sadly I kind of believed. Uh, but with football, this is much more muted. They can go six and six this year. We'd be over the moon. They got an old team, they got a favorable schedule. And you got to think just by virtue of getting rid of Levy Smith and that coaching staff, you will improve. We will see a tangible difference on the field. But uh, this week, it was Isaiah Williams. And this is, this is so counter, so counter to the Alan Griffin or the Adam Miller situation. Isaiah Williams comes in as the heir apparent, right? The next big thing in Illinois. He was a huge recruit for Levy Smith. He's going to be your mobile quarterback. And we've heard about all the intangible qualities of Isaiah Williams. Teammates love him. He's got an it factor. There's no doubt. We saw it last year at Rutgers. Can't really throw that well. The occasional throw that's like, oh, maybe, maybe, but he's inconsistent. He goes to Brett Bielema, and they have a discussion about moving to wide receiver. He goes to Brett Bielema. He said, you know, I think I can help the team out this way. He saw the writing on the wall, and I think we all kind of felt that way after the spring game. I'm not the world's biggest Brandon Peters fan. But I do think he can succeed if you got a good running game and you actually give him enough guys to throw to. And he actually called plays that are conducive to a guy like Brandon Peters, which Rod Smith, I know we thought he was good at points, but really look at the numbers. Rod Smith was not a good offensive coordinator. Not guaranteeing that Tony Peterson will be, but again, that's someone that has a lot of experience. So all that said, to hear that a player advocated for this change himself, he could have transferred. It is so easy for him to just say, you know what? I really want to play quarterback. I'm going elsewhere. But he said, no, I'm going to be here. And also the best chance for him to go to the pros, if he is going to play in the pros, is to be a wide receiver. He is way too small to be a quarterback. And he can't throw that well. So if, if he would have been a quarterback in college, remember Christian Morton played cornerback for Illinois? He played quarterback in high school, though. And he was recruited as an athlete. And I remember thinking in parts, God, man, he would have been an amazing running quarterback but probably had a bit of the Isaiah Williams thing and went to cornerback, hoping that would maybe turn him into an NFL player. I don't think it did. He had some good moments, though. He had some good moments. He had some head-scratching moments at cornerback, too. But you look at Isaiah Williams, and that would be the ticket to playing in the pros. Wide receiver, returner. We're going to see that this year. Your wide receiver room got immensely better. Your quarterback room, questions. Yes, you got Arthur Sitkowski from Rutgers. How about that, man? Uh, <laughs> Literally the worst season, I think, for a Power 5 quarterback in college football history. Something like that. It, it was so bad. I'm just going to hopefully chalk that up to Rutgers was awful under Chris Ash and that maybe there's some talent in this kid. Bielema likes him. But you got Brandon Peters. You got Deuce Span. You know, and if you needed to, you could throw Isaiah Williams out there. But I love the idea that you're getting your best players on the field as much as you can. And Isaiah Williams is the backup quarterback. He's not on the field enough. And if you do platoon quarterback situation, how often does that work? So I like the decisiveness from Bielema, but I also love the fact that this Isaiah Williams kid, who we're all a fan of, you know, he just exudes this sort of magnetism. 
that he said, this is best for me. It's best for the team. And not to do this whole compare and contrast thing with an Adam Miller. These are their own guys. But Adam Miller, for example, this idea that he's all of a sudden going to become a better, what, NBA prospect by going to LSU? What credence is there to that? Is there any? Probably not. Uh, You know, he starts an entire season, and that's the decision he makes. Again, it is his right to do so. But you just compare that with what you get in Isaiah Williams, and it's quite different. And it's, it's enough to make you as a fan say, get the hell out of here. And then thank you, Isaiah. Thank you. Thank you for just, you know, showing that it's okay to stick things out and that it's okay to say, you know, what, I'm just going to switch things up a little bit for the team, for the betterment of the team, for the betterment of myself. Um, that is something that I'm being honest. I can respect more. Yes, I am. I am judging 18 to 22 year old kids. God forbid. But God, sometimes you get on Twitter and you see these people like just bending over backwards. Thank you, Adam. You don't need to say a damn thing to him. He's gone. Thank you, Chin. Thanks for... No. Get the hell out of here, Chin. Way to go, Alan. You're going to do great in the NBA. He's not going to sniff the NBA. Shut up. God, these people that reply to athletes or coaches trying to be classy. Get get over it. Stop it. Don't do that. (laughs) For one, don't interact with athletes or coaches anyway. And for another, what are you trying to prove by being the classy fan? You don't need to prove anything. They're gone. See ya. Adios. After I just get done with 40 minutes of a diatribe about them. Okay, yeah, I realize the contradictory nature of that. Uh, I think that's all I got for today. (laughs) Uh, Chester Frazier back in the fold. Orlando Antigua, Chin Coleman gone. Adam Miller, I know that's a little bit late, but that tweet just really... God, that really uh, gets my goat. That's an old term right there. When I see that self-mythologizing crap from anybody, not just pointing fingers at him. Uh, We will be back at some point next week, I would figure. Uh, Probably some more assistant coaching news, whether it be good or bad. Who knows? The way Illinois basketball's offseason is gone. And yeah, we wait. Who are the next players that they might add? The Kofi thing is probably not going to be resolved for another month or two. That, of course, is a factor with Antigua knowing the connection that those two guys had. But that doesn't mean it is 100% done. And depending on who you get and the rest of your assistant staff, maybe you can somehow convince Kofi to come back. If you do, ladies and gentlemen, you are a Big Ten favorite. And I'll take that. If you don't, go get you a Trey Mitchell or go get you another big and be in that top four of the Big Ten and continue this thing rolling. Just stack tournament appearances and then get recruiting rolling. Yes, albeit with a different staff, but get that rolling again and things will be okay. Um... I'm not going to tell you not to be concerned, but I do think there are still some positives we can latch on to here. All right, DP Doe, I'm on to dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby, I'm on to fourthandkirby.com. Rector Construction, R-E-C-T-O-R, construction.com. And State Farm Agent Brian Hansen, I'm on to brianismyguy.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. That's it for today. By the way, this is Decadence. We got shows coming up. I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, This is Out of Your Head from our album Fever Dreams, anywhere music is streaming. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you soon. It is the 200 level. (laughs) 